magical. Welcome to Magic Monday. I'm Tess Whitehurst, spiritual author and spiritual teacher. And I'm Natasha Levenger, energy healer, energy reader, and spiritual coach. And this is a podcast about all the ways we experience and use the magic of the universe in our everyday lives. Hello, and welcome to our 100th episode. <gasps> Woohoo! 100th episode! Isn't that exciting? Yeah, we started a podcast and we just kept <laughs> doing the podcast. <laughs> you know, it's funny because part of me was like, should we be celebrating this, you know? And then I was like, I, I couldn't tell if it was my lack of celebrating things for myself. Like if there was like a thing I needed to like acknowledge within myself about taking <laughs> like, is in. This, is there some shadow work here? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. In terms of like really taking that in. But then part of me was like, I mean, it's just doing something a lot. Yeah, <laughs> is that but that a, is really good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is good and I love doing it. But is it the hundredth that's the yeah. worst celebrating? Yeah, I don't yeah know. you know, I don't think we need cake or anything like that, but it is yeah. a good accomplishment. Cake sounds great. Though. I mean, if we, if you want to have cake. <laughs> I could get a cake and put a yeah. hundred on it. A <laughs> hundred candles. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, it's fun that we're doing it. That's for sure. Yeah, it is. I love it. I love the podcast. <laughs> I, love I sometimes think like I think I'm obsessed with the podcast. Like I'm always thinking about it, like oh every day. I love it. That makes me really happy. Uh, well, if you're new to the podcast that Tess loves so much, and I'm ambivalent too, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love it. Um. I'm just clutching my I'm not actually well I sorry to interrupt this but I got this to rainbow fluorite yeah to interrupt myself with this <laughs> rainbow fluorite that I got I Ugh, just love it so it is much so pretty it's such a pretty dark purple yeah any hoosers um if you are new to the podcast this is where we um recap our week based on we check in with the cards that we picked at the end of the last episode to see did it line up what happened anyway yeah, so last week you drew Altar Priestess from the Wisdom of the Hidden Realms Oracle. Mm. And, I, <laughs> and I drew a Bleeding Heart, which was Heal the Heart from mm. the Magic from My Own Magic of Flowers Oracle. Mm-hmm. And yeah, what? how did that Well, what does the Altar Priestess mean? I forget. It was like <laughs> bringing sacredness and attention uh. and being deliberate. You know, yeah. intentional, oh my that gosh. kind of energy. Yeah, it totally happened. Yeah. <laughs> well, too. I, st- oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I started taking Luis Mojica's class um, oh, yeah. that he offers twice a year. And um, if you're interested in it, you should go on the waiting list now because it sells out. He only has like a certain amount of people that he lets in it. So for the, you know, I guess so he can give appropriate attention. Um, but anyway, it's really about the first week was about tracking where you're holding what he calls a charge in your body, but it can also feel just like tension. And I already told you about this, but I'll say it anyway <laughs> for the podcast yeah. is that, um, I realize like how much I'm holding on, like how much I'm in freeze mode or was I mean I've already loosened up so much it's amazing that is so beautiful and so important oh my gosh I had no idea 
that I was, it was basically my inner child was like holding on for dear life, like in case something happened. Yeah. He also said something really powerful in the class about being attuned to um, threat, like your body being attuned to threat. So what I think he meant by that is like that when you come from this place of being um, so charged or tense all the time, then your body's kind of just like waiting and attuning to threat in case it happens. That's what Mm -hmm. I think he meant. And that is really how I've lived my life. Wow. And my body. Um, Now, with all the, like, healing stuff I've done and inner child stuff, it's like, because I've done so much of that and I am, like, such a loving inner parent to my inner child that now that I see, like, oh, my God, she's holding on for dear life, I have enough of that inner parent to be like, oh, here we are, though. It's okay. Like, that's not happening, you know. Like, you're scared, but look, you know. It's actually pretty good. <laughs> oh, that's so cool that yeah. after all this time, you're like shifting that. It's really big news. And I like, yeah. I just noticed like, I'll be holding my phone and I'm like, holy shit, I'm like clutching my phone like someone's oh, going to yeah. take it from me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, it's all these little things that I've been noticing. And, you know, the first day I was like, oh, God, I'm never going to – how on earth? I've been doing this for how many years now? Like, I'm never going – like, I can't let go of this. You know, that's what it feels like. That's what your mind tells you. Mm -hmm. But it's just like this process process of noticing it. I mean, it can be more complicated, of course. And and this is how it is for me in this moment, and maybe it'll – be different um later but yeah and I noticed like that my right shoulder it's been up and like it started mm. with tension in my jaw anyway it's just so interesting how the body is like hold on no no, no. you know it's yes. trying to protect you like I'll notice yes. my jaw tension and then that'll move and then I'm like oh it's in my stomach and yeah there is so much wisdom in the body it's so true that that really reminds me of um conscious uh dance classes that I've taken like my friend Angela in Los Angeles taught a class when I lived there that was it it was pole dancing but it was like the warm-up was just so much about getting into your body and letting it be slow and like your movement be slow and align with the music and listen to it. it's like a movie meditation and I would cry so often I would cry during the warm-up because I was just like oh there's that's releasing and that's opening, you know. Did you come with me to that ecstatic dance class? Yeah, I did that class. Oh, too you one did. Time. It's similar, yeah. yeah. Kind of a conscious movement. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. where it's just like you don't even think about anything or how you look or how mm-hmm. it, it's just you're moving. And yeah, that was really powerful for me because I guess because I've been in freeze mode so much. That's amazing. And you know what? I Since our session, the session I did with you, I feel like – I've been coming more into, I feel like I've been in this kind of alignment before. It's not totally new for me, but I didn't realize I had kind of been so focused on doing things and accomplishing things and like getting my to-do list done and stuff that I, I talked about this a little bit last week, but it's been more and more just like 
opening up and tuning into myself. And part of it has been, um, I put a mirror, I've done this before too, but not for a while, uh, uh, on my altar so that when I meditate, I can gaze into my eyes and just, oh, "Oh, I love you so much. Like just kind of really assure myself of my self-love. Yeah. Yeah. I've never, I used to be, I mean, maybe, I mean, like, did not like looking in the mirror at all. Hmm. I mean, not because it's not like I was like full of hate. Ron the cat just came in, but it was just like, uh, I think it was scary. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's like, I feel like that's part of that mirror meditation is noticing where that is. Like, oh, oh, I've kind of not totally in harmony with myself. Like maybe I'm a yeah. little afraid of being who I am or just, and so then it, you can kind of break through that, which is kind of a similar energy to what we're talking about, about getting into your body. Like, oh, yes. there I'm holding there. And then you're like, no, you know what? I'm not going to judge the way you look. However, whatever age you are, all the ages you've been, all the ages you will be, like I totally embrace all of those. Like it's the it coming into harmony with that and it is yeah. an opening and sometimes there is some kind of some stuff to get through before you get to that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm only now, like if I would go into a bathroom, it would like scare me to look in the mirror. Like, it, mm. like if I was like at Target or something. Oh, wow. I mean, it, 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 I know it sounds weird to say that out loud, but it would not like, I'm afraid of myself, but just like, I don't want to look at that. I don't want to yeah. see what's actually happening. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't know how I'm going to feel about it if I know what's actually happening. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and it is weird or like it is surprising to me because I have, you know, because I do have a lot of self-love, but... Um, it's the fear. There's just so much fear growing up at my house. So much, and so much examination of like every thing. Every, you know, any move I make, it was examined. Yeah. So I think that's a lot of it too. Like, yeah. oh, if I look in the mirror, I'm going to have to examine myself. Right. And I don't. There might be something wrong. Oh, there's yeah. definitely going to be something Aww. wrong, like that kind of thing. But now yeah. it's like, uh, it's, I'm getting better. A lot better. Yeah. Anyhow, what about you? Um, yeah, just the same kind of deal. And and then the definitely the heal the heart. Because we were talking about that last week, like going into the pain. And I feel like that I experienced that when there was that shooting. Because that was close oh, to me. Oh, that was, yeah. We I know. And I mean, that was that. sad for everybody. And there were so Ugh. many, actually more than two shootings in, within a week. Nice. Yeah. Oh, in the not, United States. Oh, oh, um, yeah, oh, yeah. That Asian but, crime is terrible. Yeah, too. that was um, definitely some pain to move through. Yeah. Um. Okay. Was that your wrap up? Well, I do want to just tell really quickly a story right. that oh. doesn't have to do with our check-in, okay. just because I feel like you and the podcast listeners will appreciate it. Oh. And this happened this last weekend. It's that sometimes I do an Akashic clearing for my cat. So, oh, yeah, and great I did an Akashic. It's it is it's really great. And like the first time I did it years ago, he started purring audibly yeah. after it, which that he didn't sense. do before. Oh, <laughs> now he, he continuously had purrs audibly, oh. but this time. Um, there's always a clearing support thing that I pull. So something that's going to help support the clearing. So I, I 
pulled the program. I cleared it. And it was like a trauma from when our other cat, Acorn, died. And, um, and the thing that will su- would support him that came up as w- what would support him in clearing it was playing music, which like playing music. It would, I'm, oh, I'm him cat- playing music. Yeah. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's what funny. came up because it's designed for humans, not for cats. Right. So instead of him playing music I've been playing music for him but then yeah. it occurred to me that sometimes he walks on Ted's keyboard oh yeah so I because we hear him <laughs> like when we're downstairs we'll be like oh Solo's on the keyboard um but then I was like I asked it I was like does Ted, does Solo ever walk on the keyboard when it's on yeah. and then he was like not not usually but just two days ago it was like two days since the clearing he's like but just two days ago he did that the headphones were I had the headphones sitting down oh and the, the keyboard was on and he walked on it and then he noticed that he was making noise so he kind of like sniffed oh the headphones god. oh my god I <laughs> so love it so he actually it. had been playing oh music oh my god and apparently it was therapeutic that's amazing <laughs> I love it. I'm not surprised, but I always am surprised. You know, it's like whenever I do healings for animals and people will be like, oh, this, you know, this is different since that healing. It's like every time I'm like, wow, it's so amazing oh, I know. how it works, yeah. you know, like it's yeah. always just so great. Such well, confirmation. Yeah, like how since the healing you gave me a couple weeks ago, I stopped wanting coffee. I'm yeah. like, what? <laughs> I, what is wrong? Why does that not sound what good to me? What is wrong? it's like yeah but that totally makes sense like the more you're in alignment you know the more I'm in alignment with my body yeah I stop wanting to eat certain things Mm -hmm. so interesting yeah I need to do some kind of healing on the three foster kittens we have the thing is it's hard for me to do healings on my own animals because I get really in the way you know what I mean yeah I can do an Akashic clearing if you uh, want. It's real easy on animals, too, because oh, it's really? just like, I just, yeah, you just pull the chart and then clear it on their behalf. It's oh, great. If I you mean, could I ask do, for can permission you do it? Right, of course. from their, from them, from their yeah. yourself. Um, There's three of them, though. They all came together, and they were feral. Yeah, I can do a know? collective one. Oh, that'd be great. This yeah. one, Blake, is he's the, the one that's the low that like is having the hardest trouble like i'll Aww. i'll pet him but he looks the whole time he's like terrified like his Aww. ears are back and he's like when is this gonna end? but i have to do it so that he'll get used to it you know and then the other two let me one of them is still she purrs the whole time but her ears are back too so they just oh, need to yeah, realize be perfect okay you'll be good for that oh thank you sure it's great to have healing friends, healer yeah. friends. All right. Okay. So now I would like to tell you guys my, I have this, well, you, you may have met her if you heard the podcast, Melissa Tipton. She was on our show. She's mm-hmm. a Jungian witch. She's Maya Natasha's friend. Yes, we she's love her very best. much. Oh, and so she's much. super smart. And she has this course coming up that sounds amazing. It's called Enchant. And here, let me tell you about it. On April 11th, enrollment opens for Enchant, a course in radically effective spells. Mm-hmm. Learn powerful Jungian magic techniques designed to shift what's known as your matrix of meaning. If we were fish, this matrix is the water we're swimming in. All the beliefs, emotions, and other potent energies influencing everything we think, say, and do. 
instead of casting a spell to get rent money this month, for example, when you shift your matrix of meaning, you radically transform your relationship to money as a whole by altering the underlying patterns of your energetic ocean and not just the individual waves, your entire life becomes a powerful spell. Learn more about Enchant and get your early bird discount at realmagic.school slash enchant yourself. I mean, it sounds so great. It really does. And yeah. it, she put a lot of work into this. It's going to be an amazing course. So highly recommend that you check out Enchant. Yes. Realmagic.school slash enchant yourself. Yeah. And... Oh, yeah. One more thing (laughs) is that I have a pendulum course coming up. So this is on April 29th. I'm going to teach it live on Zoom, like a Zoom webinar. And it's called How to Master the Pendulum. I'm really excited because I've been working with the pendulum for a long time. And at first I was like, well, it's pretty simple. I don't know. What am I even doing? And then I really started thinking about like, what do I use it for? What do I not use it for? When is it reliable? When is it not reliable? Like, how did I start to get the hang of it? How can you recognize you know how it works so i have a lot of a lot to share and you can learn about this course at tesswhitehurst.com and then go to the shop i'm excited i will be taking oh, yeah. that yeah it's going to be fun okay so oh we forgot to mention we are having um a guest this episode so excited to have asia suler here um she's an herbalist and uh, so much more than that I'll read her bio soon, Um, but just wanted to give the heads up. We will be interviewing her shortly, but first we will take a question, right? We're going to take one question this week since we have um, Asia on and we will get to other questions next week. Um, But if you want to ask us a question, you can call us at 828-333-7181, don't oh, yes, put, and that reminded me. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, don't put that Zoomy clip on. Um, sometime you maybe you will. <clears throat> but I was just adjusting myself during, I was looking at myself as I was saying it, and that's weird. I will not do, I will not put it okay. on this clip. <laughs> just letting <laughs> everybody media. listening know that I don't want a clip of me staring into my own eyes saying 828-3381-8181-8181-8181-8181-8181-8181-8181-8181-8181-8181-8181-8181-8181-8181-8181-8181-8181-8181-8181-8181-8181-8181-8181-8181-8181-8181-8181-8181-8181-8181-8181-8181
Oh. And I was going to say we don't get Michael Chiklis. He, oh, does, yeah, he doesn't show up at that our is. door. I've never even heard of this show. <laughs> It'd be really awkward if he showed up at your house. Because you'd be like, who are you? And he'd be like, you ordered a commish. But you didn't. You'd be like, no, I didn't order that commish. All right. Let's listen to our, <laughs> our voicemail. Okay. Hey, Tessa and Natasha. My name is Anna. And first off, I have to say how much I love your podcast. Um, your casual yet insightful conversations have been a huge part and a friend to me through this year of isolation. Um, as far as my question goes, I'm I'm a very neat and tidy person, but I have to be honest, I hate showering. The process of taking off all my clothes and getting my hair wet is not appealing to me at all, and it never has been. As a Capricorn sun and moon, I do have a bad habit of continuously doing other tasks, all to put off stepping into that tub. Sometimes this even goes on for days. Um, I'm seeking any advice you can offer to have a healthier outlook on this basic chore that is constantly nagging in my head. Thank you so much for your investment in this community, and I hope you have a blessed week. Bye, guys. Okay. Thank you, Anna, for calling in. Yeah, so that's really interesting. I feel like I've had this to greater or lesser extent at some points in my life. Now I absolutely love showers and I want to take one every single day. But there have been times in my life when I'm kind of like, Ugh. and I, I feel like it's it has been for me, it's been like, you know what? This is that same kind of thing I was talking about at the beginning with dancing or with looking at yourself in the mirror, mm. like where sometimes there's just a kind of a barrier of like just being in your body mm. with yourself. Yes. You know? Well, yes. So it's my instinct. I don't usually tune into people when they email because they haven't told me I can, <laughs> but it just came up was I got this feeling or this image of her as a little girl feeling like dirty and there being something wrong with it and something about like the shower being an unpleasant experience to get clean like it was mm -hmm. like something I don't know if there was like pressure to do it all the time or like some shame about like it wasn't okay to be dirty something like that Mm, yeah yeah and then also it does also remind me of ted because some, we laugh about that how he's like oh, i need to take a shower <laughs> but it's kind of there's off it's a chore to him and um That's and i funny. feel like with him it's because he just feels like he should be working all the time uh, so and that capricorn sun and moon oh kind of yeah well brett is a capricorn moon and he always forgets to shower. Oh, he's like, yeah. I really got to shower because he's working all oh, the time, too. It's right. like, uh, Yeah, so that might be a part of it, it too. He, yeah. Is that, and I wonder, I wonder if actually, Anna, once you do get in, if you're like, oh, this isn't so bad. <laughs> it's like yeah. the getting in part. But I think in general, you know, you may want to work with crab apple flower essence mm. in case, you know, to if you do have that feeling of like something is not okay about being dirty or yeah, or I yeah. don't feel safe about get, becoming clean, then yeah. that flower essence might help. Um, and then also I would lovingly, like any way you can start to lovingly come into your body and let mm -hmm. yourself, um, like you could do the thing where you look in the mirror during meditation and kind of like think, you know what, I'm going to give you some self-care time today. I know you don't love getting in the shower, but let's see if we can do like 
let it be an act of self-honoring and mm-hmm. self-care and see how we can shift that like in a loving way yes well my your parent kind of mm-hmm. helping your inner child to kind of shift that yeah when you started to say that I got this feeling of like lotion after like mm-hmm. after like just lovingly like this is my body and it deserves you know like doing yeah. giving first I keep saying lotion like giving how do you it sounds weird to say giving yourself lotion how do you say that (laughs) putting (laughs) Putting lotion lotion on on, I guess yeah (laughs) but I guess I wanted to say it that way because having it be like an act yeah yeah Yeah. like giving yourself this gift of like now I'm gonna make myself feel like enjoy this touch and have it be like a nice thing I'm I'm not like a dirty shameful person maybe that was often you don't feel that but I I feel like there's something about that, like, yeah. So, and I really like what you were saying, just like giving your inner child this, like, this loving feeling. It's a, you deserve this. This is mm-hmm. a nice thing. You do deserve this. It's yeah. good. And not to convince her, like, you know what? We're just going to do this. But like, hey, look, what if we could, what if we could honor ourselves here? What if we could enjoy this? Or, you yeah. Know, And you know what? It also kind of reminds me of what I was saying last week about me with meditation, how how my Capricorn rising, I feel like I I also blame Capricorn for that, (laughs) that it was like, like it got to a point where I did meditate, but I kind of forgot the joy of it. I forgot like, oh, this is a time of honoring myself. Like this this isn't just something to get through in order to start my day. You know, this is part of my day and it's an important part of my day that I can enjoy. And then, and then that then that energy with meditation that helps to spill out into all the rest of my day like instead of like oh I'm making lunch I can eat lunch and then get back to work it's like yeah yeah, I'm making lunch anyway let me just really enjoy this process this is my life you know whenever we talk about stuff like that I always feel like picture my deathbed and like oh you know what if I like I will want to have enjoyed all of it you know even the whatever it was it's funny because we were actually also talking about this about how I hate it reminds me of how I hate peeing oh right like I find peeing to be so annoying like ugh, that is really interesting I just find it to be this task like why haven't our bodies figured out how to absorb this already like really I have to go every and how you said that when you were talking about it it was like crying well, but crying I, also, I understand that. <laughs> gut there's levels. like a kind yeah. of a cleansing aspect to both of them that mm. I think I feel like I always appreciate. Like, oh, I'm cleansing. Uh, I don't need this. It's cleansing me <laughs> to let uh, go of it, whether I'm yeah. crying or peeing. Mm. The crying <laughs> makes more sense to me. I think maybe it's that I pee a lot. Like, I have to pee a lot, and it's just my body. I don't even yeah, drink that much. Well, then your body's really good at cleansing. Oh, it's so annoying. <laughs> and when I was toilet training my daughter, it was the same thing with her. I was like, oh, God, she's just like me. Because she'll, like, have to pee an hour later. I'm like, how you – or even half an hour. I'm like, how do you have anything in there and be, like, as if she hadn't gone for four hours? Interesting. Yeah, it's – I find it extremely annoying. <laughs> so that's how I relate to – Um, And by the way, I have Capricorn in Mercury, you know, which is expression, like, it's Mm. usually communication, but, but I kind of feel like that's why I feel hurried up about the crying. Like, okay, let's get it over with. Yes, yes, yes. 
but like as I've been kind of coming into greater harmony with time and with um like I mean I've been in harmony with these things before it's just like I kind of got out of it for a little while um but I was I've been thinking about that remember in the 80s how there were those bumper stickers that said don't drive faster than your angel can fly oh my gosh <laughs> you ever see no those in the i don't 80s? remember maybe that. it's because i'm because you're from a city and i'm from a small town but oh. <laughs> but um that to me i was like that's kind of the energy like and not necessarily your angel and not driving either yeah. either of those but like yeah. being in the moment with your intuition like yes. not kind of getting ahead of your yes. body or your intuition like being in harmony with all of that and that yeah. can that's like, okay, it's going to take another little moment for me to do this. And let me just surrender to that and be with that. Yeah. Yeah. It could be just as simple as that with the showering. Because now that I relate it to the communication, it's just, I totally do understand that element of it as well. Just like, let's get this over with. Like, mm-hmm. okay. Do, do, do. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I love that. Yeah. It's more, again, we've, I feel like we've talked about this recently, even about, just almost making everything a meditation, everything mm-hmm. a, a celebration, like that yeah. quote from Einstein about either nothing's a miracle or everything's a miracle. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, thank you for your question. Hope that was yeah. helpful. Um, so now we have our interview. So excited to talk to Asia. Um, so I'm going to read her bio and then we will interview her. Um, Asia Suler is a writer, teacher, and ecological philosopher who lives in the folds of the Blue Ridge Mountains. She is the creator and concoctress of One Willow Apothecaries, an Appalachian-grown company that offers handcrafted herbal medicines and online education. Asia's work, a unique combination of herbalism, animism, Taoist stone medicine, ancestral healing, and earth-centered mysticism, is rooted in the belief that self-compassion is a force of ecological healing. Her forthcoming book of nature writing will be available through North Atlantic Books in 2022. And here's our interview. Okay, we're so excited to have Asia Suler on. Thank you, Asia, for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so um, you do so many things, plant medicine, stone medicine. Um, I just took your um, business as a spiritual journey class, which I love. It's so great. Maybe we can talk about that. Um, But first, I wanted to talk about how you talk about self-compassion as it feels like that's the undercurrent of your work. And I think you mentioned it in in your um, Instagram profile to you say you're a channel of self-gentleness is that what it, I love that so much <laughs> so I wonder if you can talk a little bit about that like how much it informs the totality of what you do absolutely yeah I do think you're dead on that that is absolutely at the center of what I do um, I really believe that self-compassion is a force of ecological healing so you know, my journey started through dealing with chronic health issues in my late teens and early twenties. And Mm -hmm. 
uh, a lot of times what I say is that the world inside my body was so uncomfortable. I had to go out into the natural world. And it's mm. when I started talking to plants and started really feeling and experiencing the aliveness of the world. And the message that I got over and over and over again from the natural world was one of just immense self-gentleness and then yeah. self-compassion. And I realized that so much of what the struggles that I was dealing with was really rooted in a, a lack of self-compassion for myself, um, yeah. including, you know, developing chronic health issues because I put myself in situations that weren't in alignment with my truth or um, experiencing traumas and then not feeling worthy of working through those traumas or um, seeking out help. So I feel very strongly that one of the biggest crises we're in in this world is this crisis of self-compassion that from a very early age a lot of us are really taught that self-judgment um, is a way of self-control and that you know self-judgment is a way to remain humble but the reality is that we kind of have this dearth of true self-acceptance and true self-love and the truth is that you know, we are nature um, our bodies ourselves uh, we are facets of nature and it's so easy for us to love, you know, an old growth tree or to love a meadow of wildflowers. Well, we're no different than that. And I, I really believe that when we come back to self-compassion, we open up these possibilities of collaboration again with the earth and the mm. ability to really listen to the voice of this planet. Because when we are, you know, stuck in a, a cycle of self-judgment, or recrimination, we miss out on the ability to really hear these deeper voices, these um, intuitive connections with the world. So it really does all start and begin with self-love. Um, as trite as that sounds, it's actually not when you get to the bottom of it. And I, I think for me personally, when I look at where we are as a world, I see a lot of the, the challenges and the ills that we're dealing with as stemming from a lack of true self-compassion. And that's really different than narcissism, for example. Yeah. Right. So, you know, narcissism is a, a rising actually out of a, a deep lack of self-confidence and self-compassion. So it's a, it's a really different phenomenon. And I think it's something that um, land-based and traditional peoples around the world practice all the time, self-compassion. Mm -hmm. I think no matter who you are, where you come from, your ancestors um, we're very much good at self-compassion and that we're practicing this because when we have compassion for ourselves, that's when that gateway opens up to actually be able to communicate as an individual with the living world. So for that reason, I feel that the earth is really asking us to step back into self-compassion as a way to heal um, sort of the wounds and the traumas that we've experienced personally, but also collectively on this planet. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. I love that. Yeah, so that much. it reminds me of when I wrote I wrote a book called uh, The Magic of Flowers. And for that book, I went to a botanical garden in um, outside of Los Angeles. And I it started because I <laughs> I was hanging out in the camellia forest and a camellia. I just looked at it and it started 
giving me all this information and I started writing it down mm. and then, and it was about the heart and opening the heart. And then I was, I started doing that with more and more flowers and that's what, how I wrote the magic of flowers. But during that process, I cried so much. It was like, there was just so much opening, so much connecting and, and yeah, so much about self-love coming into the present moment, like connecting to the infinite very yeah. much the opposite of narcissism. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you, you mentioned in there um, that we look at self-judgment for self-control. And that's really interesting to me because, I mean, I think we all are just trying to get, have control. That's something mm-hmm. people are trying, you know, I've just been noticing in my body lately, I'm doing this somatic healing class and I'm noticing how much like, my body think where I feel like I need control. And really, if I could let my body just do what it wants to do, I'd feel better. But I'm curious what you think, like, does self-compassion work into this control? I don't know if that makes sense. Or like, how do you have control (laughs) without (laughs) holding on? You know, does that make sense? I don't know. Yeah, well, I guess I just want to just mention first this reality that we're living in right now at the time that we're recording this, um, which is still very much in the midst of a global pandemic, that there is a deep sense of being completely out of control Mm -hmm. right now. Um, And it's extremely hard on our bodies and our systems to feel like I don't have control over so much. I don't have control over my plans. Um, for the future. I don't have, you know, control over my health. You know, there's a lot of things that come up with this like unprecedented time that we've been moving through. So I think talking about the idea of control right now is it's really up and it's really important. And I think the, the reality is the truth, right? Is that we don't have control. Um, and And it's very hard for our, our minds, especially to, to embrace and understand. And I'm definitely someone who likes to be in control. So (laughs) for sure, this has been a challenging year for me for surrendering. But I've also found through my own somatic work that there is something really empowering about the the choice to surrender, Mm. right? So there's very little that we do have control over, but we we can control our choices, right? Mm -hmm. And decide that I'm going to surrender. I'm going to let go. It's not capitulation. It's not defeat. Um, I am deciding to like, let go and let something else come in um, and show the way or open up you know, open up a new avenue. And I think self-compassion does play a big role in this because first of all, it's, it's really good medicine to just recognize like, wow, this is really hard for me. This is really hard for me to feel like I don't have control in my life. And I can just hold myself in compassion in that instance. It doesn't mean I like it or that it feels good, but I can just hold myself in a lot of compassion. And then I think when we can do that, that's when we naturally just sort of melt into the moment. And then we start actually seeing these, these access points for other possibilities. Yeah. Even if that other possibility is just making the conscious decision of I'm the one who's now going to choose yeah. to let go and surrender. Yeah. yeah. You know, that is a good segue <laughs> because I wanted to read this thing that I found on your Instagram that is so beautiful and inspiring. 
At the heart, to be a witch doesn't mean that you manipulate reality to your liking. It means that you can see and call forth manifold possibilities. It means that your perception of reality goes beyond what has been handed to you and that you can perceive the presence of freedom and possibility of healing in all things. Mm, Yeah. Love it. Love it. (laughs) Yeah. It really reminds me of when I'm feeling self-compassion for myself, it does open the path. Suddenly you can see, oh, that option, this option. Whereas when you're not in that space, everything's very myopic and you're in your head really. Yeah. Like, like when you can surrender to, okay, this is what's happening instead of like, no, 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 this should not be happening. It's like that yeah. you open <laughs> up to like just being with it and then possibilities open up possibilities yeah. for learning and growing, expanding. Um, you mentioned ants, our ancestors know how, knew how to do it. How do you see that? Like, do you know how yeah, how do we access our? Because when I look at my ancestors, they were not very self-compassionate. Yeah. That I'm able to see. Well, I one thing that's been helpful for me is this distinction between our recent ancestors and mm-hmm. who I call the deep ancestors. So for me, my deep ancestors are the ancestors of my lineage who were indigenous to a place. Mm. So um, for some people, they might not have to go very far back to find these deep ancestors. Other of us, um, we might have to travel several thousand years <laughs> into the past to find um, ancestors, especially those of us who are of European descent, to find ancestors who were living in harmonious connection with a land that they considered to be living um, mm. and animated with consciousness and um, ancestors that lived in cultures that you know nurtured holistic well-being and so for me when I talk about connecting with the ancestors that's who I connect to and you know I'm aware of the fact that when we connect to these deep ancestors because we all have like really vibrant ancestors in our lineage you know we though the past several thousand years have been pretty tough um, especially for people um, who are of European descent, you know, we've been, um, it's been several thousand years since many of us feel like our ancestors were, you know, really grounded in like an earth reverence um, Mm -hmm. way of being that, you know, stretching back before that, we have a hundred thousand years of um, ancestors who really were living really in alignment with the earth. We're seeing the earth aliveness and you know, vibrance and co-creating with the planet. So we have actually a huge backlog of ancestors to work with. And when we connect to these deep ancestors, we have the ability to sort of heal the hurt that's happened in between both mm-hmm. the, the hurt and the trauma that happened to our ancestors and the hurt and the trauma that our ancestors caused. Um, because that's just the truth, right? Hurt people, hurt people. Mm-hmm. So for me, how I connect with these damn deep ancestors, you know, it's really a creative process. So it might look different for everybody, but I have an altar in my room where I have objects and depictions from the lands that my ancestors are from. So really connecting to that land itself, because I feel mm. the land holds the memory mm. of And uh, using meditation or what's called shamanic journey work has been huge for me as well. That's definitely a big gateway um, where I receive information. So I actually have found when I go into journeys that I 
that have spontaneously ended up um, in certain places in the world, not realizing why I'm there. And then realizing later, once I did, um, you know, my genetic ancestry, oh, actually my ancestors are from that place. And that's why I ended up randomly in this journey um, at this time in this place. So it just really proved to me that this is real and that it does, it lives in our blood that the ancestors are speaking to us and that so much powerful healing comes out of working with our specific ancestries, our roots and where they are in the world. Mm. Yeah, that's so interesting. I have noticed this thing about myself. This is not the same, but it is related that like, if I feel at home in a certain state or city or region of the United States, it's usually somewhere that my, I have ancestors who have lived there. Yeah, Like I can like, feel it. I can just feel like, oh yeah, I think my DNA has been here. It's just like uh, a certain high, kind of homey feeling that I don't have in other places. That makes sense why I feel so at home in New York City because yeah. everybody's from there. Yeah. It's like, and 90, I did one of the, you know, the ancestor, what's it called? Where you find out what your DNA is from. And it's 99.6% from basically Russian Jews. <laughs> so that makes me not want to like energetically go to Russia. Yeah, that would be really interesting. I'd it's like to go to like, Europe too. Vodka is very easy for me to drink. (laughs) It's like the one hard alcohol. I'm like, oh yeah, this makes sense to me. (laughs) Um, And you have a, do you have an ancestor healing class too? So I don't. um, Oh, okay. I thought you did. Yeah, it's open to some aspects of my teaching. So I have um, a class called the Pussy Portal, which is about vaginal healing um, from a multidimensional holistic perspective, which was really my gateway into this whole world. Um, oh, was- really? The vagina? Me too. Actually, I was C-section. Uh, that was- <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> the vagina was still your portal. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, just um, the chronic health issues that I dealt with that area of my body was uh... me up to all of this. And so, um, yeah, that, that, one of the things that I say in talking about that is that it's sort of, there's a four prong approach when we're trying to heal vaginal health issues from a holistic level. And one of those prongs is ancestral work. So mm. um, I do go into ancestral work a bit into that class in that class. Okay. You have so many, I just, I think I thought I saw that, but um, yeah. And as I mentioned before, I'm taking your spiritual business class, which it's just been so affirming. I have to say it's like more of the self-compassion piece. Like it's just, if you could talk a little bit about how you talk about how your business is an extension of, I think this is, maybe I'm wording it wrong, but like essentially extension of your spirituality or it's an expression of your spirituality. And I think even if you don't own your own business, this is still, um, it still applies that really what we, everything we do is we tend, I feel like we tend to think like compartmentalize or think like, well, I'm doing this thing and this isn't, you know, part of my spiritual life, you know, like I'm creating this thing. It's something separate. Um, but can you talk a little bit about that in terms of business and spirituality? 
Yeah. So I was a very reluctant uh, business owner. I did not (laughs) want to be an entrepreneur at all, but the idea just kept coming back to me again and again and again. And I finally just capitulated and was like, okay, I'm going to start this product line. I started with creating herbal products. That's how the business began. And um, part of that was because I thought that business was something separate from my spiritual journey. It was like, oh, well, I have my spirituality and, you know, this practice of connecting to the earth. And then I have my business. Mm -hmm. And I realized over time that there is no distinction, that that's, that's not how it works, that they're not separate entities. And in fact, because in our culture at this time, we really imbue business and career and work with this sort of depth that it, it will be the thing that translates our gifts into the world, that this is how we, um, you know, find our life's purpose is through our work. You know, I think mm-hmm. different cultures think differently about that, but um, in Western culture, that's very much the case mm-hmm. because of that. I kind of see the, uh, our guides and the wider world being like, oh, so they consider their life's work coming through their business. All right, then let's make business their spiritual journey. Mm. You end up when you start a business, you actually end up signing up to go on this incredible journey of exploring your passions and your purpose and, you know, the things that brought you here to this planet and having to your blocks. And so it's kind of this incredible arena where then it ends up bringing up all this stuff to the surface that normally maybe in another culture or another time you would work through when you were, you know, on a meditation retreat or because you decided to become a monk or through your family life. Mm. But in, in, in starting a business, many of those things rise to the surface there. So it actually becomes a spiritual practice to work on your business and realizing that your business can actually be a do it for the expression of your soul, for the gifts that you have to bring to this world. Yeah. Like what kind of, yes, very true. What kind of blocks, um, does everyone have different kind of blocks or, I mean, yeah, I I could say everyone has different kind of blocks, (laughs) but it all, it, again, it always comes down to this place. I think of Mm self-judgments and the limitations that we place on ourselves, what we think we can do or can't do, or what's for us or what isn't for us. And it's really our relationship with ourself that comes up because our relationship with ourselves is at the center of everything else. And when you have a really strong, positive relationship with yourself, doors just seem to open in part because, you know, you're always looking for those new possibilities and you believe that you can take those possibilities and run with them and see where they get you. Um, and then when that doesn't work out, you open up to other possibilities and you try other things. So I think the the reality is you know, I've worked now with thousands of students um, and seeing all these amazing entrepreneurs start these businesses, it is incredible to see that it does always come back to that place of it's our, it's our self-belief that's really informing um, what we can do or what we feel like we can do and therefore how our businesses manifest. Yeah. And what we feel we deserve, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. There's been so much discomfort like positive discovery in my career, you know, when I first started as a feng shui consultant and then as an author, like just so much insecurity comes up and then it is so empowering to have that, to be like, whoa, there's that, you know, and then to move through it. Yeah. To step into it again with self-compassion. That's always, I mean, I guess some people are motivated other ways. I am not, that is for sure. What do you mean? Like that? Like motivated with like big, 
like being hard on themselves, oh, you know, yeah. like just do this and you'll be okay. Like I fold under that kind of pressure. Yeah. I, that's why I always say self-compassion is the most powerful force. Like people really do overlook it as being like a soft thing. I mean, it is soft, but it's so powerful. Yeah. That's how we move through things. Yeah. I feel like for me, it's self-compassion. And then also that Capricorn energy of, okay, you're scared, but take a step. Like what step can you take today? You know, maybe just one, but take one. (laughs) What Um, are your signs, by the way, Asia? I forgot to ask you in the beginning. Yeah. Sun, um, moon, rising. I'm a, I'm a cancer sun with, um, a Taurus moon and a Leo rising. You're real balanced. Yeah. (laughs) I have another question for you about your personality and it is you, (laughs) what is your favorite plant or flower to communicate with? Do you have like what? Cause I have like, for me, it's lilac. Like, it's just like, Oh, you're my friend. And I just love the lilac. I love all plants, but that there's just something, some special connection there. And I wonder if you have a plant like that. Gosh, I feel like I definitely have several plants like that, that I just am completely in love with. Um, but one of them definitely for sure is violet. Mm. And I want to mention now because they're coming out here. Um, violets were one of the first plants when I started studying herbs, uh, when I moved down to these mountains to study traditional Western herbalism, uh, it was one of the first plants that really started speaking to me. And I was like, oh my gosh, this, this, this violet is actually talking to yeah, me. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not sure totally what to do with that. And you oh, know, wow. um, the program that I was in wasn't um, super focused on sort of that aspect of working with plants. So I <laughs> you're like raising your hand, um, the violet's talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. And I, and I, and I think it's, I love mentioning violets here too, because violets have such that energy of self-compassion and I, yeah. I, and just gentleness. And for me at the time I had left behind, um, a long partnership and my community and my, my career in New York city to move mm-hmm. down to these mountains. And, um, I felt very alone and that was a big message of violet that I received. And then I, when I started researching, I saw other people actually, t- I'd already talked about, which is, yeah being okay with one's aloneness and um, so that was just such a cool moment too when you have a moment like that where you receive something from a plant and then you find someone else receives something similar you just realize oh I'm not making this up yeah that's how that was my experience over and over with magic of flowers so Mm. to the point when I wrote the magic flowers to the point where I started to realize like this vibration this emanation this wisdom that's coming from each blossom it's kind of like music where like like you don't have to speak the same language as someone. If you hear a certain song, you're like, you both know, like, this is a sad song or this is a joyful song. This is a, you know, it's like that. If you really tune in, I think people have a similar experience when they are receiving vibrational wisdom from a flower. That's a beautiful way of putting it. I love that. It reminds me of when I talk to dead people and get confirmation. Like, it's like, yeah, oh, that's what they said and that's what I heard too yeah I feel like violets do they really resonate with that cancer energy like gentle watery loving um you do have you have an intuitive plant medicine class coming up right or is it at at the end of the month yeah yeah so the course is actually ongoing enrollment but we have our yearly sale coming up in a month okay um yeah, if folks are interested, that's going to be happening at the beginning of May. And 
Um, yeah, that's a pretty in-depth program. And it's, um, yeah, it's just like looking at how to really develop a profound relationship with plants from this level of direct communication and mm. developing intimate relationship. And it's been really cool to see. We've had about 3000 students move through the course already and it's been amazing. Wow. Yeah, it's been in place for about five years now, the program, and it's been amazing to see just where people go with this. Um, you know, some people are herbalists, but most aren't. You know, most are working in mental health field or they're teachers um, or they're bringing it into their massage therapy practice. So there's a lot of different avenues that people take this information and some people don't even bring it into their work at all it just enriches their life or their family but mm -hmm. it's been incredible to just see how this skill of talking to plants which I consider a foundational ancestral skill our ancestors survived because they knew how to talk to plants um, that this can be really taken into so many aspects of our life to just enrich our existence yeah yeah and then you have another class coming up or uh, you're, you were talking oh. about a quiz. That's a quiz. A quiz. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Tell us about but, the quiz. Before oh, you answer that, I just want to ask, is our fl flower essences part of that intuitive plant medicine class? Yeah, we have a whole module about how to make flower okay. essences and how to work with them. Awesome. Healing internally and on the body with acupressure points. So Oh, I love flower essence. I've really been feeling drawn to it more lately. Listeners of our podcast know I'm I'm more like um, in the stars. <laughs> I'm less earth based, but I not that I don't love the earth, but it's not. It feels less familiar to me than um, it does to both of you and to a lot of people. Um, that we speak to. And so, but I am so drawn to like, I also want to hear, I know I can, because I mean, obviously I can hear guides and angels and go to other dimensions. So there's no reason I can't hear our earth friends. Oh yeah. <laughs> but, I, but that's what, like, I'm really drawn to that class because I want to learn more about that. Um, but yes, please tell us, since we do have to wrap up in a minute, unfortunately, you have an earth healing archetype quiz, which sounds great. Yeah, sounds amazing. Yes. So, you know, over the past 10 years of working with folks, I started to notice that there were sort of these five categories that people were falling into when it came to understanding the kinds of gifts they were meant to bring to this planet. So, you know, a lot of people I work with, they're they're interested in understanding this. Like, you know, why am I here? What gifts am I here to bring? Not only for me to experience and grow, but to actually help the earth heal, to, to be a part of this process of healing that I really believe we all came here as souls to be um, a part of. So the, the quiz on the website is to help you figure out um, which of the five archetypes is the archetype that you are here to embody uh, in terms of giving your gift to this planet. And then each archetype has a free class that goes along with it, that goes really deep into the gifts and the, the challenges and the potentials of having this archetype. So if folks who are listening are interested, uh, I can give y'all the, the link, but if you just go to my website, which is um, onewillowapothecaries.com. Um, it'll pop up, but so I'm excited about that. We just launched it this week and we've been getting mm -hmm. so many um, incredible pieces of feedback from people just really feeling like so seen and mm -hmm. really like they can understand more of how these different pieces of the personality fit together to actually help them give this particular gift to the world. So I'm just excited to, to have more people experience it and for 
um, yeah, more of us to just really see and understand that what you have to give is so precious and it's so essential and it, and the specifics of who you are, um, are what make it possible for you to give this incredible gift. Yeah. That sounds awesome. I bet that was fun to create. It was really fun. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I always like bite off a little bit more than I can choose. So I was like, oh, this will be fun. And then I was like, Actually, like, I'm trying to fit all this stuff in here. I want to make sure I get all this information and da, 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 you know, but it was, um, it was a really fun project at the end of the day. And I, and I mostly am just really glad to see that it's been really helpful so far because there's just, people are just incredible and have so yeah. much beauty to bring to this planet and any way in which I can just help people see that as just such a gift. I hear that so much from people too, around like, what is their gift? What are they here to do? So that sounds like a really beautiful way to help figure that out. Amazing. Another tool. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Asia, for being here. We really loved having you. Yeah. It's been great. Thank you so so much. much. Oh, and thank you. Oh yeah. Um, Where can they, so they can find you at your website, um, one willow apothecary is that what it is yeah so one willow apothecaries.com and then I'm also on social media under my name which is Asia Suler so you can find me on Instagram YouTube and Facebook great and we'll put that in the show notes too so people can find you there perfect so thanks again. thanks again great to meet you okay hope you enjoyed that um Spoiler alert, we haven't um, interviewed her yet. On the sun, <laughs> of course, so. we have to confess. <laughs> yeah, we I haven't <laughs> actually interviewed her yet. <laughs> I just wanted to say that because in case something happened in there or if I don't sound excited enough. Right, yeah. It's yeah. just because we haven't done it yet. Um, Okie dokie. So now it's time for the energy report. Okay. And for those of you who missed it, we posted or yeah, that on uh, Instagram last week. So last week's energy report song. Mm -hmm. So you might understand a little more why we laugh afterwards. (laughs) Okay, well, the energy report is the trend I'm feeling into for the week ahead. And also what I've noticed happening a lot in the past week's um, sessions that I've had with clients. Um, and what it was just like so I just still find it so fascinating that how themes really come up where it's like oh I literally just talked to somebody about this and now the next person I'm talking to about this um and so it sounded like I was annoyed and I'm not at all (laughs) and here we go again (laughs) no not at all um but so this week it was all about forgiveness and um and how people have been wanting to sort of leapfrog over the situation or their emotions or feel like they would be a better person if they could just forgive and like they should forgive and get to the place where they can forgive. And it was interesting to see it in this way this week, because what I was seeing was that forgiveness is really, well, it's a number of things, but about in this case, really owning your power, owning your experience first, you know, really allowing that you have every fucking right to anger if anger is there. Yeah. Um, I think that a lot of people feel like 
you know, anger is bad. That's not a nice emotion or also like what, you know, you, we can talk ourselves out of our anger, Mm -hmm. but if it's coming up, um, you just have every, whatever's coming up is what is supposed to come up and all of your feelings are valid, you know? Mm -hmm. So listening to those feelings with the understanding that it's, you have a right to all of it. All of it. Yeah. And it isn't you like, Remember right. how how um, uh, Hale from oh, yeah. the Sedona Method uh-huh. told us um, that we say, like, I am angry. And he's right. like, no, you feel angry. You aren't angry. And so, like, that can cause us to judge, like, well, I don't want to be angry. Right. Like, no, you're just feeling angry. It's okay. Everyone feels angry. It's funny you say that because this week in Luis's class, he was saying, like, when your body feels something, don't, you know, try to reframe it, like, instead of, like, um, just saying like my arm is in my arm is tense as opposed to like I am tense oh yeah you know like this is a part of my body that is tense this arm you know right this or this my stomach is feeling this not I am this right so yeah it's the same thing um yeah, there's just a lot. I, and it's funny because it can come out in it can really come out sideways when we're not owning. I'm just picking anger because that's a feeling that people often feel when they need when they're when they're wanting to forgive somebody. Um, but sometimes it can be like, well, I'm just going to hold on to this anger because then they'll know, you know, that they what they did to me, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. Can, it can even come out like that. But what that really is, is your inner child saying like, hey, look what they did to me. I need yeah. you to see this. I need to have my feelings. I need to have my anger. Can you see what they did to me? Yeah. You know, all of the things that um, all of those feelings you're feeling about them, the, a really good way to process it is to do the inner child work. So um, either say it out loud as your inner child or write it, journaling, giving your inner child the voice, knowing it's like, okay, this is my inner child who is speaking this. And then do the self-compassion of putting your hand on your heart, breathing into your heart, um, and responding from that place. So like, oh, yes, you're feeling all that. I find it to be Speaking of my Mercury and Capricorn, I find it to be more efficient to say all of this out loud, um, to, you know, just say it and then switch chairs, connect to my inner parent and then respond from there. But um, journaling is also as effective. I just feel like it's easier to speak it. Mm-hmm. But if you are speaking it, do your best to like really embody it when you're speaking it. Um. So, yeah, that is really, I guess that's it. It's just really about... um owning those feelings and then eventually you may find like you know for me um with certain people <laughs> a cat just did something um <laughs> like when i've had to for i keep saying it like like how people have been framing it when i've had to forgive somebody i mean mm. ultimately yeah you do feel freer when you have forgiven somebody you you feel freer but it doesn't make you a better person than when you didn't you know mm-hmm. i posted on instagram this week that forgiveness all when you have trouble forgiving all it means is that your inner child hasn't doesn't feel resolved to something it doesn't mean that you're a bad person or that you have a ton of work to do and you're not spiritually aware or whatever it is it's just that part of you isn't feeling heard 
Yeah. And or also maybe that part of you isn't ready to forgive. And that's yeah. fine. Yeah. Maybe, the, you know, you don't ever have to forgive anybody ever. <laughs> you can let your inner child be angry as long as she wants or, you know, whatever it is. Um, but anyway, oh, what I was going to say is usually what happens is at some point you just feel empathy for the person. Like, let's say with my mom, you know, I'll notice like I start to realize have more understanding about how she lived her life and what she was dealing with. But I'm not a better person because I understand that. I just mm -hmm. now it just makes it easier. Like, I'm like, oh, yeah. And I can have compassion for her. Yeah. And so great. But it doesn't make me better than someone who doesn't have self-compassion for their mother. And the last thing I do want to say about that is there is so much shame in our society about having um anger towards mothers in particular Ugh, i know oh, yeah. i hate mother's day because of that <laughs> well because because <laughs> i if you don't know listeners i my mother and i are estranged in it so it was a real like deep challenging problem mm. <laughs> my relationship with her and so on mother's day yeah i like to post something about like for the people who don't have a great relationship yeah. with their mom and then i often get pushback like, like oh, people totally. like, oh, you need to forgive your mom. She was doing the best she could. It's like, you don't know You what, have what no happened. fucking idea. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's still, it's okay to have compassion with people who maybe don't, aren't sending their mom flowers today. I mean, there is so much in general about family pressure to be um, on good terms with family, but mm -hmm. especially mothers. It's like, why? You, yeah, you have no idea. It's the same kind of thing where people want other people to be mothers, where they're oh. like, you should, you know, it's like, how is that any of your business? Right. It's none of your business. Ugh. Anyway, um, there, and you know what it really is? It's people projecting like, oh, I can't be mad at my mom. You know, I can't. I'm not allowed to have those feelings about my mom. Oh, yeah. That's what it really is coming from. Mm -hmm. Or like I had to have kids. I felt pressure to have kids. So now I have to make other people feel bad about if they right. don't want to have kids. Yeah. Anyway, the point is self-compassion all around would be great. Yeah, I think that's really good because it did. I think that that cultural challenge or that cultural message kept me from realizing that I, yes, I had more anger to process like around because I like my childhood abuse and like that was a big part of it was my stepdad molested me and then I was angry at my mom for it and they. I mean, there was a lot of anger all around. But anyway, I it. it I wanted to f have forgiven so I didn't like look deeply at, oh, maybe I f have more feelings there that I need to. So just taking the pressure off, like I like that freedom of you, yeah. whenever you want to, you can, but you don't have to. No. Then it's like you can kind of feel like, yeah, there might be some freedom in forgiving for me, not like yes, because exactly. I have to in order to be a good person. Yes. Yeah. When you're forgiving from that place, it's not authentic anyway. Mm -hmm. You know, it's you. It's just trying to do the right thing, quote unquote. And it's not really coming from it. That's not a true forgiveness anyway. Yeah. It's interesting how we can not realize how we're feeling there's just so many dimensions and layers to our feelings and so it's okay if you like were like me and you thought you had forgiven and then you realize oh i hadn't it's not yeah. you didn't do anything wrong you just you just have some 
information that you can work with in order to heal more deeply now. Yeah, and you know, um, a lot of narcissists, by the way, will not like that. (laughs) Well, they don't want you to be mad at them anyway, but then it's like, well, actually, I'm not over this. A lot of times you will hear from narcissists, like, aren't you over this by now? Uh Like, Because they don't want to feel uncomfortable. You know, and you can also, by the way, you don't have to be narcissists. Like, you can not want someone to be upset with you and feel like, why can't they be over this? But understand that's your stuff of not wanting them to be mad at you. They have every right to feel whatever they're feeling. So that was the energy report. Okay, that's great. So now it's time for Practical Magic. And this week, so this week, I love April Fool's Day. It's April Fool's Day on Thursday. Well, for because of the meaning I personally have oh, given it, which okay. is different than because uh, I want to go around fooling people. I oh, can't okay. stand that actually. I, I, like personally, I like when I, trying to trick somebody, I can't. I'm like, no, no, no. I like right away if I even try to trick someone or tell them something that isn't true as a joke, I like, I just hate it. Me too. <laughs> it's like I Me can't too. sit with it. So no, not for that reason, but because I like to honor the fool of the tarot. On oh yeah, That's April first. Hmm. So for um, so it's on Thursday, which is the day of expansion, and the moon that day is in Sagittarius, which is perfect for the energy of the Fool because the Fool card is about potentiality. It's the card. It's card zero. I love how there's a card number zero, don't you? <laughs> mm-hmm. And it, it contains the whole all the potential of the whole deck within that one card, mm. and so it's and it's like. The idea of of trying something new that you don't know how it's going to look or moving outside your comfort zone or being willing to not be an expert. Like when we yeah. first started the podcast, we would talk about that. Like we're learning as we go and yeah. like we would make mistakes and be like, it's OK, we're, we'll get better, you know, yeah. and that's how you do stuff that's how you try stuff that you want to try yeah. you have to kind of be in that space where you don't know what you're doing for a while yeah and that's what that's where all that potential is so in my 2021 your most magical year yet planner for april fool's day i wrote celebrate the fool from the tarot on april fool's day remove the fool card from your tarot deck and place it on your altar Align with the pure potentiality of this card, which contains all possibilities and reminds us to dare to try something new, even if we have no idea what will happen or how it will look. Surrendering to the unknown and trying something new can be uncomfortable, but if we never did these things, life would be utterly boring and stale. Ask yourself, if I didn't have to do it perfectly, what would I try? What would I like to do so much it wouldn't even matter if I failed? If I imagine looking back on my life from the very end, what would I regret never having attempted? Then gaze at the image of the fool and commit to taking a bold step toward these desires and goals during the month of April. That's like what we already talked about too. Like if what I was saying I imagine on my deathbed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so just go That's ahead and try great. it. Yeah, and um, and I think it's really cool for Aries season too, which oh, is yeah. kind of like bold, like go out and do stuff and try it and move out of your comfort zone and maybe get a little bit dangerous, but not yeah. too dangerous. <laughs> go, get as dangerous as you want. <laughs> not actually dangerous. 
just well, just a little bit symbolically. Don't blame us if you don't do. Bl- but go ahead and do <laughs> don't it. Put yourself but I didn't in tell danger. you to. <laughs> okay. I guess we can tell them that. All right. Well, that was great. And should we do our housekeeping before our card yeah. picking? Okay, yep. great. So you can find me at highestlighthealing.com. Um, you can schedule a session with me on there. Look at my classes. Um, you know, poke around if you want. Um, also on Instagram and Facebook at Highest Light Healing. And you can find me at TessWhitehurst.com, which is where you can sign up for my newsletter and find all my spells and rituals and guided meditations and you can find me on instagram at tess4444 on twitter at tess whitehurst on facebook at tess whitehurst author and on youtube at tess whitehurst i keep moving around my screen and i'm sorry if it's making you annoyed. oh no okay um anyway you can find us at magicmondaypodcast.com we have our show notes on there and um you can leave us a voicemail on at 828-333-7181 you can leave us a question at magicmondaypodcast.com um what else we have a magic monday listeners page that's fun on facebook and facebook magic monday pod oh and instagram and if you sign up for a newsletter i send out um on monday mornings a newsletter with the cards we drew for the week with the pictures of them so if you want to see pictures and have links to the deck um find links to the guests and the stuff we talked about in the podcast then sign up for our newsletter at magicmondaypodcast.com subscribe yes you can do that all right so so what are you drawing from today i'm drawing from the mystical shaman oracle guidebook i am drawing from my very own cosmic dancer oracle Okay, great. So I picked Beauty Way. Oh. Um, The Beauty Way invites you to create beauty in your life and to recognize the beauty inside yourself and in others. Stop to smell the roses, take a deep breath, look up at the stars, and recognize the splendor that surrounds you. See the beauty in whatever situation you find yourself in, and you will receive that life is teaching you in a kind and gentle way. Beautiful. That's like what we're talking about I today. Know. And also, dancing in with the universe in the moment. And we haven't yet talked to Asia for ourselves, but I feel like that's something she really embodies mm. too. So I feel like we'll probably be talking to her about that. Okay, so I drew Sparkle and Shine. And um, this is the wisdom from this card. Like the moon's luminous glow, a star's steadfast sparkle, or the sun's golden rays of warming fire, you have a unique light to shine, and you are encouraged to do this now. It's time for you to claim the lead role in your life. No more hiding in the wings or playing small. It's time to show up big, to be seen, heard, and to radiate your gorgeous brilliance for the world's for the world to see. While it's natural to have inhibitions, now is the time to transform them in the chalice of your heart's purifying flame. Reframe fear as excitement. Reframe shyness and reticence as opportunities to move out of your comfort zone and to feel all the exhilaration that comes with being seen, known, and recognized for who you really are. 
Love it. Yeah. This is great. So very affirming of everything. <laughs> affirming of yourself, affirming of your feelings, affirming of 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 like your life path this week. Yeah, trying new things, putting yeah. yourself out there, listening to who to to what your soul wants, you know. I love it. All right. Thanks everybody for listening. See you next time. We love you. Here we go again. Ugh.